0: Very good. How are we doing, church? Can someone give Jesus some praise, please? That was like a very nice request, wasn't it? Can someone please give Jesus some praise? Uh, I, I, I like it that I'm part of a church that we don't have to ask. There's just something in us that wants to praise Jesus. Is that not right? Fantastic. It's nice and sunny outside because there's that beautiful reflection from a white car parked across the road steering straight in my eyes. But don't worry about that right now. Anyway, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your love and for your grace. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you come and live in us and you lead us and you guide us, you teach us, challenge us at times. But it's because you know who we can be and what you've called us to do and be. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that you would Minister into our hearts, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit, again, continue you to help me, Lord, articulate this message. In all things, Lord, we give you the glory. We give you, Jesus, the glory. We want to serve you with our lives. We believe for this great city, Dunedin. We believe for our families and our workmates and the people that are around us because we carry the greatest gift of all, which is salvation in you, Jesus. So Lord, help us to continue just using our lives to honor you, Lord. I pray for every single person, Lord, that you would help lead us to just another space, another revelation of who you are in us, another revelation of the authority and the grace that you've anointed us with. And I pray, Holy Spirit, you continue just to lead and guide us, And all that we do. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give someone a high five. Grab yourselves a seat. May I have just the front of house lights down just a little bit, please? That's great. Thank you. All good. We good, church? All right. Everyone, a lot of people have been coming up to me saying, welcome back. I'm like I, I was here last Sunday, but uh, no I had I I went to a conference this week over in Australia on the Gold Coast. But uh, I, I mean yes, Gold Coast is nice, but I was in an auditorium most of the time, and uh, and so uh, it was good. It was good. We had a good time. It was great because actually Pastor Sam uh, did four out of the six sessions. And uh, it was just great, just being with the Australian Apostolic Church um, uh, of Australia, all their leaders, and uh, I just went there to hang out and uh, connect with people, because relationships are important, and uh, I, love, I love the Australians, uh, I love what God is doing in their country, and, and it's a phenomenal country, and so uh, it's good, good to connect with them. But I'm glad to be back uh, in Dunedin, the weather is beautiful. And uh, I I love it. I love it very much. Um, One of the things that happened while I was over there was uh, I have not had asthma for, I think, about 30-something years. And uh, just one reason or another, maybe a bit of dust and all that, I found myself having a lot of asthma attacks over the weekend. And so my voice might be a little bit croaky. And all that, and so I got the nine a m uh service to pray for me. Uh, you can continue to pray for me um, I'm believing I'm healed in the name of Jesus and so uh but apologies if this I'm not trying to be Brian Houston uh with a low voice it's just how it is. So it's all good. I'm excited. We're continuing the generosity series. If you haven't been here over the last little while, uh, just God, I've just been asking the Lord, how are we going to reach our city for Jesus? And uh, he clearly gave me this word, generosity. And uh, spelling is a, one of those uh, mysteries to me. And I had to look up generosity, whether it was spelled with an S or a C, um, because I knew how to spell city and uh so that was a c and and I was confident in that, but with generosity, I didn't know whether it was a C or an s, but it didn't I didn't really care because I thought generosity when the Lord showed me this word generosity see there's there's something about us as Christians to be generous to create to reach a city and and that's actually where the, it came from the Greek word generosity no it didn't actually but uh <laughs> But uh, I just believe to reach a city it's gonna take generosity. And uh, the Lord showed me this and and uh and so we went through last week, and if you haven't got the podcast again, as Pastor Justine said, uh look it up online. It's on the Aquipa's app, or or it will be in a in a week at the most. But um we started last week of with the culture, a culture of generosity, and the the two scriptures that we base this around this whole series is Acts chapter 2 verses 42 through 47. And I'll read it again because I just want to get this into us every week because it's a culture of generosity. A lot of the time when we think generos- gen- generosity or generous, uh, we start seeing dollar signs, right? We think that generous generosity all comes from a, from giving or giving money, and uh, that's not what we create, that's not what I'm trying to create or believe for. And in fact, um, you know, I, I know to reach a city it doesn't take finances. Well, it does, but finances is not stopping us reaching a city. The church is, is doing well, we manage our finances well, we are not looking at the tithe income every week, going, Please, Lord, please, Lord, please, Lord. Now, because we've already got a culture of tithing. Uh, not, tithing is not generous, by the way. Tithing is obedience. Anyway, that's another thing. But I know that finance, when it comes to finances, it doesn't take finances only to reach a city. What it takes is it takes a whole lot more, which is this culture of generosity. So all the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the, supper, uh, the Lord's Supper and to prayer. A deep sense of awe came over them all, and the apostles performed many miraculous signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place, shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshipped together at the temple each day, met in homes for the Lord's Supper, and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved." I uh, get excited that the Lord wanted to add to their fellowship, because there was a deep sense of joy and generosity in that. Who likes hanging out with generous people? Of course you do, because they buy you stuff all the time. Who 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 likes being a generous person? Amen. Amen. I I, I like the fact that, uh, you know, uh, generosity is is just one of those things that I I believe we should have as a Christian. And we're going to go through it a little bit this morning. But uh, this culture of generosity, uh, I want to be known as someone who is generous. You know, in Proverbs chapter 11, here it comes. It says this, The world of the generous gets larger and larger the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller see there's only two options there generosity or stingy yeah you know i, I don't want to be stingy i want to be a person who's generous and so i often love to try and take people out for lunch and and uh just bless them and and it's a real honor like, but but let's let's not just receive generosity let's replicate generosity let's Let's love people and, and, and bless people, amen? Because this culture of generosity, and there's was, there was just four things that I picked up on it, and just to recap before we get into this week. But uh, the first thing was to love God and love people. If we want to create a culture of generosity, like Acts chapter 2.42, there was, a, was, there was a deep sense of awe came over all the people, and they loved God and they loved people. I pray that you love God and you love people or your love for God is growing so then your love for people is growing. There was a time in my life where I did not like having people come around to my house. Desiree was amazing. She would always be saying, oh, come around to our house on a Sunday afternoon. I'm like, stop it. Why are you inviting people around? Because all I wanted to do was put my feet up, lie on the couch and watch a movie or something like that. But, but Desiree I was like, no, let's love God and love people. Let's, let's have fellowship together. Let's be relational and, and uh, praise the Lord. God's done a massive work, and uh, I'm a little bit more hospitable now, friendly. And so one day, I'm sure I'll hopefully have you all around for dinner. Is that cool? Oh, awesome. So love God and love people. Uh, and another attribute for the culture of generosity was sharing. We we read a lot in Acts chapter two. that I shared a lot, and even though sharing is a real struggle, because every one of us has issues when it comes to sharing, um, and but the Lord says they shared everything. Let's believe that we can share the things that we have, because everything that we've been given has been given to us by God anyway. And so when we give our whole life to Jesus, it's not hard to share what He's asked us to. Just just to create that culture of generosity. Number three was giving your whole life to Jesus. Everything that we have is His anyway. Everything. And you'll learn this as, as you go along more and more as a Christian. You learn to create that freedom in your life that, you know what, everything is God's. My time, my treasure, even the gifts that He's placed on our lives. Everything is His and we're stewards of it. And anyway, the last point was for last week was prayer. It says they devoted them to prayer. I believe a, a culture of generosity incorporates these four things and a bit, uh, lots more things, but I focused on these. But the love God, love people, sharing, giving our whole lives, and prayer. I want to encourage you let's create a generous uh, culture in the life of our church. I, I, I really believe that that God is going to call us to, we're going to take up some of the largest offerings. We're going to be some of the largest volunteer workforce available to the city. I really believe that some of what God's calling us to do is is going to get um, profile around our nation. Why? Because there's a heart and a spirit of generosity in us. Who wants to grow in generosity? Amen. I'm glad I'm here this morning. Um. And it says that the world of the generous gets larger and larger. Who wants their world to get larger? I want my world to get larger. Why? Because the more God blesses me, the more that I can step out in faith, the more that I can steward, and the more people, hopefully, I believe, will get saved. And you know, even, even you know, just tragic, very, very tragic this week. I don't know if you heard about the the Dunedin woman that was lost out at Harrington Point, and uh, they found her a couple of days later, drowned. And uh, very, very tragic. And see, you know, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. And I was challenged by the Lord. I was like, Lord, I need to go and get into the—I need to find more non-Christian friends. And uh, one of Ollie plays football. And uh, uh, their coach, they, they emailed us around to the parents saying, hey, we need another coach. For football. And I'm like, football, you want me to coach football? And I'm like, I'm a rugby person. But in the end, I was like, no, nah, this is going to be a great way to be able to communicate with a whole lot of people who don't know Jesus and need Jesus in their life. And uh, I was like, yeah, I want to do it because, and I'm like, I don't know how I've got the time for this or some of the weekends I'm away and all this. But the Bible says the world of the generous gets larger and larger. And so his, his grace gets larger and larger as well. But so tragic, the woman that passed away on that Saturday night, I had a long, long, long conversation with her Saturday morning because she has her kids in Oliver's football team. And we were just being friendly and nice, and, and I made sure I communicated all with my business email address, Equippers Church, because I wanted people to know that I'm a Christian, wanted people to know that I'm a pastor. And I was just getting to know her, and you know, just, and I was, it's an opportunity to reach out but it only, I only got one conversation with her. You know, I want my conversations to matter with people. I want my world, but that's going to take courage. It's going to take faith, and it's going to take stepping out. And so this message this morning is that we're equipped for generosity. Because a lot of the times we think we don't know what to do. How can I do that? I'm not good enough for this, but I want to tell you, church, that we are equipped for generosity. We can use our lives for Jesus. Um, in in Philemon chapter one, verse four to seven, I love this. Let's go to it. It says, I always thank God when I pray for you, Philemon, because I keep hearing about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people. And I am praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith as you understand and experience all the good things we have. That, that's, that's all good. Oh, for your love has given me. There we, oh, there we go. That's yeah, fine. Cool. And me and Elijah are playing games. I'm praying that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith. If you're struggling... To have be generous in your life, whether with it's with your entire life, I say just go back and push in to your faith in Jesus Christ, because this is what that scripture says. It says, "I pray that you will put into action the generosity that comes from your faith." Action. It's action. Everyone's heard sayings like this. It's action stations. You know who and like it's, it's game day. It's game day as a Christian to just believe that God's going to use you and God's anointed you. In Ephesians chapter 4, verses 7, it says this. He's given each of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. Isn't that awesome? Uh, the, the generosity that we exhibit or experience through in and through our life, all that is growing, comes from Christ and our faith. All right. You're all very quiet this one. Oh. <laughs> Amen. Amen. All right. So th- here he has given us each one of the special gifts through our faith through cr- generosity of Christ. I want to encourage us this morning that we can we can lean on the generosity of Christ. Have, who's who's uh, ever heard a phrase like this? I don't know are you, are you many parents in this room or maybe you've heard it a different way, but he gets that from you. I'm a parent and I've got three kids and Pastor Desiree and I are often saying he gets that from you or she gets that from you or the other way around, they get that from me. <laughs> or maybe you you're, you're, uh, haven't got any kids, but you've heard the saying, you get that from your father. Well you get that from your mother. But you know, there's there's something that I want to get from my father. I'm not talking about my natural father. I've learned a lot from my natural father, but from my spiritual father, Christ, from the Lord, I, I wanna I wanna get this DNA of generosity into my spirit. To go, you know what, I want to I just love people as much as I can. I want to look, like care. I want to pray for people as much as I can. But it's going to take generosity is in me to do that. Because naturally, uh, prayer takes time. Loving people takes time. Looking out for people takes time. And that's why I think one of my favorite scriptures is Hebrews 10. It says this, uh, 24. Think of ways to encourage one another. Because actually stopping and thinking about how to encourage one another takes time. You know, we've got this Mind Your Marriage course coming up uh, starting tomorrow night. You know, we've been thinking of ways to encourage marriages in the life of the church. And we've come up with this, this way, doing this Mind Your Marriage course. And we've got, um, what's his name, Hamish McMillan and the amazing Nicole. We'll throw her in there as well. They, you know, so it's not a Michelin star chefs; it's a Macmillan star chefs, <laughs> and uh, we got phenomenal cooks and people going to serve. But man, even if you get nothing out of it apart from being fed, it's value for money. Yeah. Unbelievable, thirty dollars. Oh, There's thirty dollars a night for two double course meals. Ah, oh, man, yeah. What, you know, what did I say? It's just going to be awesome, but. What are we doing though? We're, we're thinking of ways to encourage people. We're we're wanting to help, and just it's not that your marriage is on the rocks. It's about you know I'm strengthening my marriage. I'm going to choose to do that, and so uh, why? Because we've seen and we know what, it, and we've just the hurt and the pain that comes from marriages splitting up. We don't want that. Why? Because we want to be generous and. Uh, we try and keep as many things as we can. We try and keep everything as 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 affordable as pro- as possible. Uh, even with Shout Conference coming up, we're still selling tickets at $60 for an adult. We don't have any $60 tickets left. We're just going to still sell them at $60 for people from our church to get up there. Why? Because we want to be generous as a church so that you get into a space that will encounter the Lord and that generosity will lead to a place of encounter that could change your life. Yeah. Generosity will change your life. I'll share about my, my how the Lord's led me in generosity in a couple of weeks around finances. But it says this put actions speak louder than words. People don't care what you know until they know that you care is a common phrase. It's it is it is so true. They're, they're, you, can, you can be all this, but they want to know that you care. And so there's a parable in the Bible, a well-known parable in Luke chapter 10. Let's go to it. So this parable, as you go to it, uh, is a response from a, 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 a religious expert saying, Lord, what must I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And the Lord says to him, you know, love God and love people. And, he, and love your neighbor, basically. So he loves love God and love your neighbor as well. And he answers back, he goes, who's my neighbor? And so Jesus replied in this way, it says this. Jesus replied with a story. A Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of the clothes, beat him up, and left him half dead beside the road. By chance, a priest came along, but when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road and passed him by. A temple assistant walked over and looked at him lying there, but he was also passed by on the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along, and when he saw the man, he felt compassion on him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day he handed the innkeeper two silver coins telling him, take care of this man. If, this bill, if his bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by the bandits, Jesus asked. The man replied, the one who showed him mercy. Then Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. It's a real common uh, parable, uh, the, the parable of the Good Samaritan. But I want to I wanna just put it into context because uh, it's obvious, of course, your answer at the end. Well, who's the person? Who's the one that showed? You know, was the neighbor, and it's obvious it was the third person. It's not like it's a trick question, uh, but the context, what we need to understand in this in this day and age, is actually what it's about. So, so it was a Jewish person who who was attacked and robbed. So let's just say uh, we're part of the same culture. So it was all of us from church, it was one of us from church, one of the people that you know was attacked and, and stripped and left <laughs> near dead. now, the next thing so we 've got that person line here, and <clears throat> we're not going to get anyone up there, but uh, the, this is the equivalent, and so that says then the priest come along came came along, so I came along me, my attitude came along I was like, oh let's just say that this person was um Luke. I always use Luke. Oh. Sucks to be you. And off I go. That's what it was like. And so you're like, oh well, you're all mad, automatically thinking, Pastor, well, you should have been a little bit nicer. But here's the then in this context the The next person that comes is coming along. uh, Let's just use Matt because Matt's an intern this year. He's serving in church. It says that he's a you know a temple assistant. So let's just let's put this expectation on Matt. Okay, Matt's walking along here. He comes along and has a look, and off he goes. It's like Matt, come on, Matt, look after him. What have I been teaching you all this time? Why? Why didn't you look after him? He's like, well, you walk past him as well. You know what I mean? It's like so. This is the context of this, this, this illustration, and then to bring it into light here, it says it says he talks. Jesus talks about a Samaritan. Now, the Samaritans in this in this day and age is. These were the scum of the earth, according to Jews. They didn't get along with them. They didn't like them. And in fact, the Jews would would travel like further away to go around the Samaritan area uh, rather than taking the direct route through some of Samaria because they just despised them so much. They didn't want to have anything to do with them. And so it's someone just, just they didn't have. And so this person comes up. This day and age, it could be probably someone equivalent to... A radical ISIS person. This is what it's equivalent to. There's such a disrespect and a hate. And so Jesus is using this person who they hate, who they disrespect, and he's saying, This Samaritan person comes over. He's like, Hey, you need help. Let me fix you up. And he uses some of his oil, some of his bandages, some of his time, some of his resources. And I just think it's amazing. And, and it goes on and it says that he takes him back to an inn and looks after him there. He uses up more of his own time. And so not only that, though, then, then he goes to the innkeeper and says, Hey, look, uh, if the bill goes over, can you look after him? I has some money now, but if it goes over, uh, when I come back, I'm going to look after him. Isn't it uh, interesting, though, in this parable, in this context, wouldn't you expect so much more from me? You're like Pastor Will. Come on, stop. At least help him out. It's Luke, and Luke's a good guy. You know, you know, you know. He lives, lives down the road, and I like, well, and then Matt, what are you doing, Matt? We have these attitudes, but then Jesus used this person who's just so despised. But then Jesus says, go and do the same. I want to encourage us today is like you know, we're all called. To be generous. See, see, one of the things that I felt in the when I was reading this is so the the person was beaten up and hurt and in pain. See, a lot of people in our world are beaten up, are hurt and in pain. Maybe not physically, but emotionally. Maybe they've been through destructions of relationships. Many things have failed. So there's a whole lot of past stuff that is in their life that will need healing and need fixing. And that's going to take a lot of discipling, but there's going to be the right. There's the now. There's the moment. You know, just the moment is that, that that we can serve God with and look after someone now. But then it's also the the generosity of heart to to believe to look after that person and to and to look forward into their future. And I was just thinking about that about the the past, the present, and the future. And I just thought, man, isn't it amazing? the DNA of our Lord God Almighty, that He's, he's forgotten, he, He's healed, He's taken the penalty of our sin from the past, from the present and to the future. And that's a generous spirit that our Lord God Almighty carries. And He's our dad. And we can carry, we can ask the Lord for the for that generous spirit, for leading people through their past, leading them in their, in their now, and leading them in their future. But a lot of us go, no, I don't know how to do that. And that's the problem we get to in, in life is that or either one of the problems, either we're too, we, we, we're too worried about our position or we're too, oh, I'm bigger than that. Oh, I'm past that now. You know, one of the things that I love doing is pushing boxes. Give me a production job any day, I'll go back to it. Love serving God. In fact, when we went over to the Central Coast, they were getting up early. What did I do? I was like, I'm on holiday. I'm getting up early too. Go and push boxes. No one's above anything. No position is above anything. Jesus came to serve, not to be served. And I pray that my heart, and I I believe it is, it stays that way. I've come to serve. I'm not Jesus, but I've just come to serve and serve His kingdom and give Him glory. Same with anyone who's following in your footsteps. Oh, come on. Do what I say, not what I do. No, monkey see, monkey do. Not that not that Matt's a monkey, <laughs> but, but if this despised Samaritan person gave all their life, or not all their life, but gave their time, gave some of their treasure, probably talent. I, want, I mean, I'm not I'm, I'm, I'm guessing here, but that, that Samaritan knew what to do. He knew how to use olive oil as medicinal purposes. He knew how to bandage. So I think some, maybe he's skilled in that area. And just again, let's use everything. So we're equipped. Have I given you the topic of this? The title of this message? No. If I did, you forgot. This message this, this morning is less, last last week was the culture for generosity. This week is we're equipped for generosity. We're being equipped by God. we have been equipped by Jesus to be generous. The DNA of Christ in us, it comes down from, from, our, from our dad into us. We can ask for, we can step into generosity. It just means that we have to break some stuff off our own life. We have to put some of our own selfish ambition or selfishness aside to go, I want the heart of Christ. I want the heart of Of Jesus. Amen. You good? Equipped for generosity through faith. The next that's the first one. The next point is that we're equipped for generosity through the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, I don't know know about you, but it was only through the Holy Spirit that I, I was started to step in, and I still need to continue to rely on the Holy Spirit to be generous through my life. But there's a scripture that I want to bring up this morning that. If you've been in church circles a while, you would have heard this Scripture a lot of times. But this Scripture uh, frustrates me a lot because I hear it misquoted a lot of the times, and I hear it taken not not taken out of context because I believe in it, and I know what it's trying to do. But this Scripture is Ephesians 3, chapter 20. And I love it. It's a great Scripture. And now all glory to God who is able, through His mighty power at work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and the Christ and in Christ through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. It's a great scripture. Because don't don't not don't we believe that God can accomplish infinitely more? Because we've got to believe that our God is our God. He's almighty. He's huge. He's the He's awesome. He's He's the best. And everything that we believe in Him, we believe God can do it. Amen. I need some love this morning, just a little bit. Just a a little bit. But we've got to believe that God can do it. And and we do believe, we do have faith for God to do it. But a lot of the time I hear the Scripture quoted like this, Now all glory to God who is able to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Have you ever heard the Scripture said like that before? I hear it a whole lot of times. Um, and that's why I try to read Scripture out of the Bible rather than, I um, it's good to memorize it, believe in memorizing it, uh, but I need to read it because then I get it right. But but the Scripture says, Now all glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. See, it's, sometimes it's like just going, God, this, you are this piano God, you're an amazing piano. Now, this piano has the ability to play the, the the most beautifulest symphonies, or 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 what do they call them, Andrew? Help me out. Music like Beethoven, or thank you for that. That is very very clever. Most beautiful, but like you could you could play Beethoven's number five or, or symphony. I don't know. I'm. I'm this is what you, this is why you write down. If you're preaching, you write down your examples. But it has the ability. But okay, God, do it. Do you know what I mean? This is what we're saying now, God. And uh, now, all glory to God who is able to accomplish infinitely more when we take out who God's called us to be. Now, if I asked Raquel to come up here, no disrespect to Andrew. But I just know Raquel's trained uh, classically, and she's very, very, very good uh, pianist. Or someone like Roland, I know that he can play as well. See, what happens is when you attach yourself to God and you let the Holy Spirit and it works. Do you know what I mean? And so this is what the Scripture is about. It says, no, now glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us. He needs us. He wants to be, he wants to be together and using the glory and the power of God to accomplish infinitely more than we could ever ask or think. But it's not just sitting back and going, okay, go for it, God. Go for it. Because what we do when we read it like that, I, I believe sometimes, is we can take ourselves out of the picture. We can go, God, I'm waiting for you. Hurry up, God. I'm believing. But now the scripture is very clear. It says, at work within us. And God's called us and God's equipped us for generosity. God's, you, God's called us to, to be used in a great way. You, God's called you to be used in a great way. The very gifts and the talents that God's placed in your life, He's called you to be used in a great way. I love people like Brooke Fraser. Serves in the local church, but then still is able to, uh, you know, use their music in a secular world to minister to people. Yeah. You know, I, lo- I love things like that. So and it's the same, not just because music is a big part of church, but like different business people serving in their local world, uh, but then f- believing there's a call of God for financial finances on the ch- uh, to, to f- fund the kingdom of God. You know, I love entrepreneurs and every type of person. God's called you. God's gifted you. God has equipped you with what He's called you. See, here's the thing, though. With the Scripture, Ephesians 3.20, have you got more of it, Elijah? Yeah, you do? Let's just roll down. The context of this. See, if we don't stop, and reread read it through, so just go back for me, sorry. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever, amen. Next. Therefore, right, so it's a continuation. Even though there was an amen, it's not a stop. Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God, Always be humble and gentle, be patient with each other, making allowances for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the, in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism for, the, for one God and Father of all. Who is over all in all and living through all, living through all. However, he has given each one of us a special gifts through the through the generosity of Christ. You see how the scripture links together? We can't just don't just read it and isolate it to God. Read it and bring it into your heart, bring it into your spirit and and believe that, yeah, all glory to God. Who is able, this is why I get it back up on the screen because I always get it wrong, to accomplish infinitely more at work within us. God's equipped you. And it goes on and it says all that stuff. He he can accomplish and He can break down the things that are in our lives that are distracting us because there's going to be areas in our lives with sin or whatever. See, sin either destructs or distracts us sin distracts uh, us destroys us and then the other area that the devil loves to do is just distract us through doubt or different areas and so i love applying that that scripture god can do infinitely more he can do infinitely more in your life he can change your mindsets he can he can lift you up he can he can encourage you well in the areas maybe you've even like even when it comes to areas of pride or, or, or humbleness, just saying, Lord, I need you to do a work in my heart. Why don't I love people? I don't like having people around. The Lord, I, I he said, No, it's not that you love people, you're just lazy. Uh, <laughs> that's what it was. it was. like I I would prefer to sit at home on my couch with my feet up watching a movie than encouraging someone. And I had to ask the Lord, Lord, you have to change my heart. You've got to do something in me because your word says you can accomplish infinitely more than I can even believe for. Because I can't do this. This has got to come from you, Lord. I've got to get a generous heart. It's like Solomon. Solomon says, give me an understanding heart so I can govern your people well. He needed a heart trans- transaction, uh, transplant. Humbleness, patience patience with everyone. Making allowances for each other's fault. Anyone up for that one? A- anyone? Oh, man, I reckon there's a few people. Just because I know that, you know, there's going to be people that disappoint you in the life of the church. There's going to be people that offend you. There's going to be people that hurt you. There's going to be people that just grate you. Oh, you can't do that. That's not fair. Well, ask the Holy Spirit to deal with it in your life. If you're looking for revenge or anything like that, you need to ask the Holy Spirit to help you in your life. There's so many disappointments out there, and people are still holding on to it. You're like, well, ask the Holy Spirit to accomplish infinitely more than you could ever believe for. How do I get past this? I can't get past it. Ask the Lord to help you get past it, because that's what the Holy Spirit wants to do. He wants to accomplish the things in your heart. There's areas in my life that I'm still believing that God to do a work in, whether it comes to whatever area, but I'm sure there's areas in all of our lives that we're believing God to do a work in. So Ephesians 3.20, God can accomplish. Let's put that back up there so I get it right. Now, glory to God who is able through His mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to Him in the church. So who believes that the Holy Spirit lives in them? Who believes they're anointed by God? They're equipped by the Lord? Amen? All right. I'm I'm preaching my heart out this morning because I believe we've got to push past some of this 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 doubt which I'm about to get into. Because what was our expectation when we came into church this morning? What was our expectation to go, oh yeah, I'm just well, are gonna serve, sing four songs. Um, I hope the coffee machine's going because it's oh, it's pretty good coffee. I hope they peeled the outside of the carrots, because the carrots and hummus, um, don't worry, they would have, because I talked to them about that sort of stuff. Don't worry, you know. I hope the kids' program's going well. Uh, um, Oh, yeah, it'll be good. I hope the pastor doesn't talk very long. I've, I've got a lunch date. I pray that wasn't your expectation. But here's the question. What was your expectation? Can you answer that question? Because if you can't answer it, it means you don't have an expectation, and you've just waltzed in here this morning. Don't use the word waltz, but walked in here this morning. Because waltz means like you walked in here arrogantly. I don't believe you walked in here arrogantly, but we've just walked in because this is what we do. But why do we do this? Why, why, why do we? Why do we come and why do we? Listen to whoever's preaching, why do we worship the Lord? Because I pray we've got an expectation that He'll do something in our heart for us to, to reach people for Jesus. This week, when I found out that the very woman that I was speaking to for half an hour, 20 minutes at the football field, and she was there with her two kids, and he, one of the, the, one her oldest boys in Oliver's football team. Half an hour I had a talk with her. I'm praying that God does something in me so I can pick up stuff where I need to speak love and courage into people. I, I pray that it just doesn't sit with me. I pray that there's an expectation that we get when we say, Lord, there's people in our world that need Jesus. And I, I I'm up for I'm up for just getting people and getting to know people. I'm up for getting to loving people through actions and all that. But I want to get to a place where I can just speak into someone's life quite openly because the love of God in me wants to encourage that person, not just in a day-to-day, but to encourage them through the gospel. Yeah, like, yeah, but you're the pastor. You should do that. Well, in the Samaritan... Pastor just walked by. Next person just walked by. It wasn't until someone else who had a heart of what Jesus was trying to explain stopped. Don't leave it up to someone else. Never leave it up to someone else. Why? Because you have been equipped for generosity. Because it's the Holy Spirit at work within you. And I pray that you've had got an expectation. When you come into church to go, Lord, I've got an expectation you're going to move. You don't have to be prophetic and nail it down to something. You can just say, hey, Lord, I just know you. I'm expecting you to move. I'm available for you. Oh, lead me to a place where I can encourage someone. Amen. Let's get the music team up. They'll be awesome. Thank you. So we're equipped for generosity through our faith. We've been equipped for generosity through the power of the Holy Spirit. I play. I, I know it's a, it's an ongoing uh, work, work in process. Uh, well, it is with me anyway, <laughs> me and the Holy Spirit. He's got a lot of work to do. But I pray you're open for the same relationship with the Holy Spirit. Let Him work with you. Let Him love you. Let Him lead you. Because why we should desire to come and have a, 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 a heart like Christ, a mind like Christ, Next thing, I didn't even give this point, I don't think, I didn't give the title title anyway, but we're equipped for generosity. The best way we're equipped for generosity is actually to accept who you are in Christ. Who you are in Christ. Because when we can accept who we are in Christ, we don't have to be anyone else. God has called you. And even the disciples were challenged. There's a scripture in the Bible, Matthew 28, 18 to 20. If you've been again in church circles for a while, you would have heard the scripture. It's called the Great Commission. And, 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 and it's like Jesus' last sort of words to his disciples to go into all the world baptizing, to preach the gospel, baptizing people in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Let's read it anyway. Jesus came and told His disciples, I have been given all authority in the heavenly realm and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I am with you always even to the ends of the age. You know, I don't don't want Hollywood to get hold of this, but that's an epic speech. You know, maybe a big blockbuster movie or something like that. Can you imagine Jesus coming out? I have been given all authority. But you know how he, why he came out? He came out because of the previous verses. Which is Matthew chapter twenty-eight verse seventeen. It says this, or sixteen, says seventeen. Then the eleven disciples left for Galilee, going to the mountains where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped them, but some of them doubted. Do you know doubt is a? I know doubt is is is, is one of the enemy's biggest weapons. So if the disciples doubted, it's okay. There's times where we're going to doubt in our life. There's times we're going to doubt who we are. There's going to be times where we doubt our salvation. There's going to be times where we doubt this. But Jesus comes out at this point, and read it even more in Mark. he's, He's a little bit stronger. He rebukes them first. But He says, no, 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 I have been given all authority. I have been given, but here's the thing. Now I'm commissioning you. Go and do what I've called you and taught you to do. And remember this. Remember this. I am with you always. Whatever you do, wherever you go, Jesus is with you always. We are equipped for generosity. We're equipped by the... Faith for generosity. We're equipped through the Holy Spirit and generosity. We're equipped for generosity, accepting who you are in Christ. If you've asked Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, know that He's called you. It doesn't matter. Sometimes you have doubt. Sometimes you have fear. Sometimes you have failure. It doesn't matter. Just know that you're equipped to give your life to Jesus, to serve your life for him. Moses. Moses is like, who am I? I, you know, a few years ago, I killed someone. Ran away. Who am I? But the Lord knew what he placed in him. And he stood up and he, you read the life of Moses. Moses is just so encouraging to me because it just it makes me feel better. It's like, oh, he struggled with a few things in life too. But then he also became a champion of faith because he stepped out into everything that God had called him to do. What about Esther? Man, she was a beautiful woman. But once she got this revelation of who God and what God had called her to do for the people, for her people, Mordecai says, hey, you know, maybe you were born for such a time as this. Maybe we're born for such a time as this. To know the grace and the love of the Holy Spirit that's in our lives. To tell the world that Jesus lives.